This is Move Out the Way with Alicia Lee and Angelina Rosario. This podcast was created to clear your path and balance your mind, body, and soul. Hello, MOTW tribe. This is Alicia. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 10. I want to thank you all for tuning in. It's been an amazing 2020 having you here and listening to our podcast. And this is our last episode of season one. So we are closing out season one in the end of 2020, and we'll be back in 2021. So I want to wish everyone an amazing holiday and a happy new year. Today's episode, we're sitting down with Kiki McRae. Kiki McRae is a Texas-based mental health professional. She specializes in teaching women and millennials evidence-based tools needed to manage anxiety and to transform their lives. We all know how hard adulting can be, and if you've been listening to MOTW regularly, you'll know that I'm deeply passionate about self-growth and inner work. Therapy is something I discovered while on my journey and has become a key piece of my spiritual practice. I'm really excited to have a mental health professional on this show, and Kiki's going to have a conversation with me about the pandemic and our mental health, the stigma of therapy, and why going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong. You know, mental health is so important with trying to achieve your dreams, and this is something Kiki's super passionate about. Let's welcome Kiki to the show. So Kiki, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to MOTW. I am so excited to have you on today's episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and I'm just super stoked that mental health has become like a huge trend that's growing. Absolutely. You know, our audience really is in this movement of self-growth, self-discovery. And so I think this is going to be a really good episode. I'd love to hear your story. You know, why did you choose this career path? actually went to LSU for undergrad and I was a communications major. And honestly, I just went into college and I was like, give me anything that doesn't have a lot of math. Like I had no direction. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do yet. And so after I graduated, I was like, uh, I don't know what I want to do. I'll just go and be a teacher for a while. So I sort of like fell into um, special education teaching and I was teaching students with autism and Down syndrome and they stayed with me from third through fifth grade and I got attached to them. The only thing is I felt like as their teacher, I wasn't able to help them as much as Mm. I wanted to. So they were with me for three years, but I wasn't seeing any growth because of the guidelines or the perimeters that teachers have on them. So I was like, how can I help this population more? And um, I decided to go to grad school at that point and to become a therapist so that I can just learn how to help, you know, people with intellectual disabilities, uh, emotional disabilities, and just all kinds of adversities so that I can help them more and that there's not a time limit that they'll leave me, you know, like we can work together for a long period of time. So they inspired me and here I am. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. And so what is the most rewarding thing about this career path that you've chosen? Oh my God, that's a good question. Um, So, I mean, being a therapist and just helping people live the lives that they 
dream of is rewarding in itself. But I think the most rewarding thing is when my clients leave me and when they're able to say like, this is my last session. I don't need you anymore. And it sounds a little strange because you're like, (laughs) okay, Kiki, well, you're going to lose money. Like they're not, they're leaving. They're not paying you anymore. But for me, it's rewarding because it means that I've done my job. I've taught them. I've equipped them with the tools and the strategies they need to live a healthy life. And they're able to do it independently. And so that's most rewarding for me. Mm. That's beautiful. I I love that. And I think, you know, I'm someone who's a big advocate and believer in therapy. And I've been through different therapists for different moments in my life. And it's really, it's a journey. And it's so special when you do have that moment of like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So thank you for doing what you're doing, because it's amazing. Thank Um, you. And, you know, I, I think so much about 2020. And obviously, what we're going through and it's wild. It's really wild. And the stories we're going to tell about 2020, you know, when this is all (laughs) over, but honestly, there's so many conversations about like mental health is going to be the next pandemic, you know, and the impact of what 2020 has had on our mental health. And it's been really a heavy year for a lot of people. And we've been through so much, like I say, like, I've been through so many layers of grieving about so many things in my life, like yeah. grieving about my social life, grieving about how my career has changed, grieving about the loss. I've had a lot of loss this year. And so with you as a mental health professional, and I just love to hear your feedback on the pandemic and COVID-19 and the impact it's having on mental health. Yeah, you know what? I honestly feel like um, if it's even, you know, time to say that there's a silver lining, but I feel like it's sort of like a blessing and a curse. So obviously we don't want people to feel, you know, endless amounts of grief and depression and anxiety around what's happening, but um, it's very important and, you know, exciting for mental health professionals to finally get mental health in the forefront and get it on everybody's mind because you may always hear people say, you know, break the stigma, break the stigma. And it's actually happening now. Like normalize therapy, normalize feelings, normalize, you know, getting clinical support and it's actually happening. So when I hear things like, oh, well, you know, mental health is going to be the next pandemic and things like that, I'm not too afraid of it. And because I feel like, no, mental health is a lifestyle shift, right? And so like together as, you know, a, a, a world, we are making a lifestyle shift and we're being forced to focus on our mental health. So I feel like even when all of this is said and done and we get through this and we will because we're resilient, we will have a new respect for taking care of our mental health and it will, the stigma is gone, you know, because nobody's like embarrassed now to say I'm going to therapy. Everyone's doing it. So I don't see it as a negative. I see it as a positive and I see it as like, we are all together moving through this journey of bringing mental health to the forefront. Oh, that that's so well said. And I agree with you. I think more than ever, you know, a lot of people I know who have been kind of afraid of therapy or just the people who feel that there's a stigma attached to it, to your point, have really been more open-minded during this time because it's been such a shift that you're kind of forced to look inward and you're like, okay, and you know mm-hmm. what? I can't do this on my own. And so I do find that there are a lot more people that I know 
being open-minded about therapy. We're talking about it more. These conversations are happening with less of a stigma. And to me, that's such a beautiful thing. And to your point that this lifestyle shift was being forced and it was so necessary. Like it really was. It was so necessary. I love that you say that. So how has your practice evolved? Yeah. So I've always been a work from Homer. Uh, I call it Wi-Fi warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Wi-Fi warrior. I like that. Um, so I've always worked from home, so nothing's really changed for me. I will say though, that I launched my private practice during the pandemic and, um, I did it because there was just such a demand for virtual therapy and I wanted to be able to, you know, add to the assistance there. Um, also I was pregnant during the whole, (laughs) pretty much the whole pregnancy. Yeah. I just had my baby. um, Congratulations. Two months ago. So I was like, being uh, the career-driven woman that I am, I knew that for my mental health and my self-care, I need to pour into others. So I, you know, launched my private practice. And I mean, business is booming, obviously, because like you said, people need the mental health support. But I I also think that the pandemic has uh, also kind of like pushed millennials and generations after like the Gen Zers and things um, pushed us to the forefront to be the voice of this movement mm. because social media is ter- has turned into a huge support system and less like competitive and salesy and more just kind of like you know, giving support. I mean, strangers from all over the world are experiencing the same type of grief with loss of what's going on. So I feel like these generations, us and our, the generations after, you know, we we're the voice, like we're running this stuff. So yeah. Um, and meeting a millennial, I feel like into social media, uh, my practice and just different things that I offer, um, has like skyrocketed during the pandemic. That's amazing. That's good to hear. I do want to go back a little and talk about, we, we touched on, we've, you felt like the stigma of mental health is changing, you know, and when we think about this stigma of mental health, I will say, you know, I'm Caribbean, I'm from Jamaica, and I know that a lot of minorities, we feel very differently about how, about therapy. It's just not part of our culture. And I think that my generation, our generation is really changing that. And we're becoming more open-minded. It's not family shaming. You know, we want to change these generations of trauma and we're seeing the benefits in it. And things like social media are also helping that because we're seeing different therapists posting pictures and talking about things. And it's super relatable. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, yes, I now understand, you know, and then you see all the comments and everyone's responding and you feel less lonely, I guess, in that sense. And so I do feel like the stigma is changing a bit. And that, that makes me really happy because I think that the more people we can have doing this work and working with professionals like yourself, we can all get to a much better place, you know, mentally, emotionally to live our best lives. And I do hope that we can continue to remove this stigma. And you don't even understand why, why it was seen as a bad thing, you know, in the first place. So I feel like the stigma for mental health overall is one thing. And then uh, minorities have their very own special stigma to mental health. (laughs) And, and so I feel like when you look at, you know, 
uh, breaking the mental health stigma, you have to sort of take a separate look because it's the way that, you know, we have been conditioned. It's the way that we've been brought up. It's been generations and generations. Like if you go all the way back to slavery and think about, you know, you they were taught, minorities and Black people were taught how to just suffer through it and right. keep quiet. And, you know, just keep your head down and do your work. And it's it's just like a systemic thing that has been passed on to us generation after generation to where we were being taught that therapy, who, like, what are you going to sit down and talk to somebody for? Mm-hmm. Like, pray about it, you know, right, get your right. work done, like get, get your shit together. You yeah, know, yeah, no, it's real. Focus. It's so real. Yeah. And so like now with our generation, we're just like, you know what? Screw that. Like, I need to get some help. I need to talk to somebody about it. And yeah. it's okay. Absolutely. We like to shake things up. You know, I think our generation is very, very progressive and we are looking at the world through different eyes. We really are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's so true. So why did you choose to specialize in working with women and, you know, millennial women at that? When I was reading up about you, it says that. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I'm a woman and I'm a millennial. So it's kind of just just like, you know what? I know the issues that I have and I know the, the routes that I take to try to work through them. And even being a therapist, I don't necessarily take the right steps for my mental health Mm -hmm. always, but I do know that I can reel myself back in and kind of like check myself. And I, I'm aware that other women and millennials, they don't have those tools. They're not equipped with, you know, clinical training to be able to identify things that are wrong and put themselves in check. I also do think, like you said, um, and like we were just talking about, that things are specified and women issues, specifically millennial issues, are very, very unique. And I think that because that we're so unique, there needs to be someone that takes a very unique approach to allowing, you know, them to move through their mental health because you cannot approach a millennial the same way you can approach a baby boomer or something, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I, you know, just feel like it, I did a lot of research. I started with kids cause they inspired me and I, and you know what? It was really draining for me. Yeah. <laughs> And so I just, you know, felt like I wanted to do work that energizes me and boosts my mood and like working with women and um, we're so resilient and we have a lot of issues like motherhood, marriage, friendships and adulting. We have a lot of issues. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like just never a dull moment and it's, I just love it. So yeah, I chose it for those reasons. Oh, I I love that. You know, my girlfriend's, I, I'm a girl's girl. Like, I have so many girlfriends. Like, I was an NFL cheerleader. I've always been around girls. And, <laughs> you know, we talk all the time about just, like, it is hard being a woman. It's, like, it's really hard being a woman. And I think that if you aren't living in our world and going through the things, it's, like, the pressures on beauty, and then it's career, then your age is always a factor. And you have to look at – and it just goes – it's, like – it's endless. The list is endless and it's exhausting, you know, and I have friends who are pregnant or have had babies recently. And a lot of them are just like nervous about having a girl because they're like, Oh, it's such a hard world. Like for women, you know, that was me. That was me. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, 
It is hard. And I think that the more that we have conversations like this and there's professionals like you. So I love that you work in this space and are helping women. Yeah. And I mean, women, we put extra pressures on ourselves that other genders don't do. You know, we have extra pressure. And then on top of having it, we add to it for ourselves. Like we have to be the best mom. And then we also have to be the best wife or partner. And then we have to look our best and we have to bounce back quick and snap back. and All of it. All of it. Like pressure. It's so much pressure. I literally said to a girlfriend last night, I was like, we are superheroes. Like we are real life superheroes. I, I really, really believe that. Um, That's it, fact. It, it's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, success, career, dreams, and like the impact your mental health has on that. Because I am, mindset is just everything to me. It's something I've had to do a lot, a lot of work on. Like I really struggle with having a limiting mindset. Like, and I don't know why, because I really do believe in abundance, but it's this fight. Like I'm always having a fight with myself. And, Mm -hmm. but so many people don't realize just like how important your mindset is and the toll it takes on you and every other area of your life, your success, your career, your dreams, all of this, your mental health and your mindset. Mental health is, it it has a direct connection to the success of your business, of your dreams, of your goals, of your visions, you know, it's a direct connection. And I think that a lot of people are unaware of the connection and they kind of just feel like, you know, well, it's separate. Like my mental health is here and then everything else is over here. But um, once they figure out that this connection is there, then they realize, wow, like I've been living life all the way wrong. Me? Yeah. And so, I mean, like you mentioned mindset and mindset is huge. Like mindset is huge. And like when you mentioned like, you know, you have these barriers that kind of like hold you back or like imposter syndrome or or different things that kind of like hold you back from your full potential and you have to like check yourself about it. Those are things that you know, a lot of people don't even realize that that's their mental health. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling like something's holding you back, feeling like you're not good enough, you know, not having the confidence to speak about yourself without feeling like you're bragging. You know, those are all mental health things. Those are all mental health barriers. And that can all be applied to your success, to your career, to how much money you can make, you know, how you evolve, like the type of people that you attract. Um, But yeah, it's super important. I feel like the most successful people get it, right? Like the most successful people have these schedules plans and they block off time in their schedule for like self-care and meditation. And they take really long lunch breaks if they're able to. And, you know, they like take CEO days or they take days out of each week where they're like, I'm not opening up my email. I'm not doing this. Like they have balance and boundaries in all aspects of their life. And, you know, people, and they have lots of money. Like when you think of like Oprah and you think of, you know, Ariana Huffington and you think of those successful women who are making lots of money, you hear them, if you listen to them talk, they speak a lot about self-care, knowing your worth, like having balance and, you know, knowing when to say no, not accepting every offer, not chasing the bag, you know, because it's going to come. Amen. So 
Yeah. So I just feel like, yeah, it has a direct connection. I think that's the thing that tricks people up is that they don't know that certain things they're battling with are mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how do you even decipher that it is a mental health issue, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, basically anything that is blocking you from doing something that you want to do, anything that's stopping you, like you have like a little inner voice that's saying, you can't do that, you know, or you're not good enough, or look at her, she's doing it so much better. Or, you know, a, a little like, knots in your stomach sometimes right. when you're getting ready to do something and you're you're like oh it's nerves no it's not nerves it's anxiety you it's know anxiety. right yeah and so it's just kind of like you have to educate yourself on your symptoms if you're feeling something then you need to figure out you know you need to articulate those feelings and then you right. need to figure out okay what are the what do these feelings mean so basically the more you educate yourself on yourself then you'll know yourself better and you'll understand, hey, these blocks are stopping me from being successful. I need to either work with a mental health professional to help me implement some strategies, or I need to just make some changes in my life to pay more attention to my mental health. Ooh, you just dropped some wisdom. (laughs) Thank you for that. Yes, to all of that. I think, you know, the more you put in the work and set your boundaries to your point and some of the things that you said, you really, your intuition also changes and you realize like, no, this doesn't feel right. I need to speak to someone like you, when you just have to pay attention as well. And I think that that's so important and not being afraid to speak to a professional because it really can be life changing. You can't do this all on your own. Let me tell you, there's a reason. (laughs) There's a reason that help exists. And we always, we love to say success leaves clues. And so I love that you did bring up like the Ariana Huffington and the Oprah and the setting boundaries, because I think anyone listening to this, like those were some really key things that you mentioned, because when you look at some of the most successful people, typically they have a fairly balanced life. And Definitely. I think that's a key to everything that we all want is how do we find that balance in our lives where we're not driving ourselves crazy. We take the time to meditate. We take time for family, our values, the things that matter, but then we're still working hard. We're doing all the other things we want and like living a balanced life and getting to that state is so difficult. <laughs> it is so difficult. But like I tell my clients, like one, you can't pour from an empty cup right? So no matter how hard you work and you know, how hard you go, how much you hustle, you're not going to get anywhere. If you are just like drained and burnt out, like you're not going to put your best self forward. And second, like who gives a shit about all the money you make? If you don't, you can't spend it. You can't spend uh, it where you're, yeah, you're unhealthy. Like all the things you can't enjoy it. Yeah. Like you have all these successes, but like you can't enjoy them. You can't, I, I think it's super important to celebrate yourself and celebrate your wins, even if it's a small intention. Like today I'm going to drink eight glasses of water. And then if you do it, I want, I, I think it's important to be like, I did it. I'm the shit. Woo woo. Like I did it. Yeah. And yeah. So like you, when you're hustling so hard and putting so much pressure on yourself and there's no balance in your life, you have no time to celebrate yourself, which then creates a bad habit. And you, you are training yourself to say, Oh, me meeting goals, they don't matter. I can Mm. set goals and I can meet them, but they're never going to satisfy me because you never celebrate it. 
Oh, man. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to celebrate this because this is episode 10 of our podcast. And most, I think the statistics are like 70% of podcasts don't make it to episode 10. They, most people end up quitting before getting there. Yeah. I remember reading all these things when I was kind of setting some goals and I was like, oh my gosh, this is episode 10 and it's going to time up with the end of the year. And so I can say I achieved my 10 episodes. We're going to celebrate that. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. You are episode 10. We broke the barrier that most people don't make it to episode 10. I love it. (laughs) How fitting. How fitting. How fitting. Yeah. That you just said all of that. I love that. Uh, This is such good information. So I also want to say, um, if you don't follow Kiki on Instagram, you're going to need to follow her because she does an amazing job with her accounts. And so I do follow you and I like really resonate with the things that you post, you know, and I love the way that you are curating it and speaking and giving so much knowledge on your account. I think that there's a lot of power in the stuff and the content that you're putting out. And there was a post that you posted recently and Basically, it said that uh, if you lose someone but find yourself in the process, you won. And that <laughs> post, woo, <laughs> that post really hit me. And, you know, I think there's been a lot of loss this year. And whether it's a breakup, um, a friendship that is no longer around, it could be romantic, it could be a friendship, it could be a job, whatever that loss was. Um, it's never easy, but when you do find yourself, in that process, it's so powerful, right? Because I definitely feel like I've gone through a lot of transformation. I've removed a lot of people. I've had to just kind of free myself from a lot of things that weren't serving me anymore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm evolving, you know, but it's so uncomfortable in the process. Mm -hmm. It's so painful. It's so lonely. And like, I don't, I struggle with understanding why it's always so difficult. Like, we know that they're not good, right? We know this was Mm -hmm. maybe a toxic work environment. This was a toxic person. But yet, letting them go and choosing yourself is still so difficult. And so for anyone listening to this, could you give any advice about if someone's going through this moment of a painful, uncomfortable, this transformation period, just getting through it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything that you explained is is pretty much adulting summed up in a latte, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, we, we have to grow, we have to evolve, and we have to change. The reason why I feel so uncomfortable is because growth is uncomfortable, you know? Change is hard. Um, the reason why it feels so uncomfortable is because, you know, it's a trauma response. It's because you have been so comfortable in these unhealthy relationships for so long that when you finally get rid of the chaos, you feel like something's missing, right? But that's only making room for you to put some positive stuff there. And, you know, it's making room for you to put a positive relationship there. So you have to kind of, you know, be mindful of what you think is you know, hard or what you think is grieving a relationship and kind of maybe pay attention to the fact that, hmm, do I really miss it? Is this really hard for me? Or am I really just spoiled? And, right. you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time with change, you know, even though I know that it, it's not good for me. So my advice would be push through. You know, when you know that something is not good for you, you have to get rid of it. The more you do it, the easier it'll become. Mm. And sometimes 
toxic relationships, whether it's a job or a a partner or a friend that you've grown up with, sometimes toxic relationships take a while for you to realize they're toxic. And so you kind of convince yourself subconsciously that the good outweighs the bad. So then when you finally, you know, get enough courage to let that relationship go, obviously you're going to think about the good, right? Right. But the bad's not going to show itself at that point. But you just have to trust yourself and know that I did the right thing for me. And I am not going back to it. And, you know, I want to also tell people that when you think of forgiveness, because I think a lot of women, we get um, a lot of pressure to forgive, 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 whether it's, you know, religion or just the fact of that's the way you're supposed to free yourself. Forgiveness is also a relationship. And you want to make sure that you have a healthy relationship with forgiveness. And when I, what I mean by that is, you know, if you're in a toxic relationship and someone's treating you badly, they're mistreating you, forgiving them does not mean allowing them access to you, you know? So like when you forgive someone or when you convince yourself that forgiveness means access and giving second chances, that's unhealthy. That's your unhealthy relationship with forgiveness. To have a healthy relationship with forgiveness, you understand that I'm going to forgive you, but I'm going to take away access because my right. mental health is more important than you needing to access me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That is good. <laughs> Ooh, forgiveness is a relationship. I see that. Yeah. Like you can still forgive, but set your boundaries and mm-hmm. still stand and power through for sure. Definitely. Yeah. That was that was great, Kiki. So you know, I personally believe that a strong spiritual practice and overall well-being consists of everything. It is your meditation. It's your self-care. It's all the practices I speak about so often on MOTW, but it's also knowing when you need professional help from professionals like yourself and seeking that support system. And so, what advice would you give to someone that's listening that's unsure, you know, about therapy? They, they might be curious, but they're just still really nervous about it. How can we ease them in? Yeah, you know what? I would say um, someone who's listening, if you are on the fence about therapy, there's multiple things you can do. But the first thing I would say is do some research you know, do some research about it. Like, what are the benefits of therapy? What does a therapy session look like? You know, because you want to be educated on what's happening. You have to advocate for yourself and you have to equip yourself with knowledge so that you're able to pick the correct therapist for you. Um, The second thing I would say is to, you know, lurk, like find one that you like on psychology today or open path or ask for referrals and then go find them on social media and and Mm -hmm. see what their presence is and feel a vibe from them. Go check out their website, go read their blog. If they have one, if they're guests, you know, guests Mm -hmm. posting on podcasts or if they're speaking at an event, you know, pop in and take a listen and see if that person resonates with you. If they, if you get a good vibe from them, if you, you know, feel good energy, then you want to just go ahead and try it out. And the last thing I would say is, you know, therapists offer free consultations. 
So you can always just kind of like, and if, and if they don't offer free consultations, that's not the therapist for you because mm. you don't want someone who's going to lock you in right away. Right. You want someone who's so confident in their skill that they're going to allow you to meet with them for free first so that you guys can make sure you're a good fit for each other. So schedule a free consultation and just have a talk with that therapist, ask your questions and see if they're the right fit. And then the last thing I would say is try, try, try again. Like go ahead and start therapy with someone. And if you don't like them, you don't have to go back. You don't have to go back. Try another one, you know, but just do it. It's not anything that's set in stone. You know, you're not hurting anyone. It's not going to, you know, like sign you in forever if you mm-hmm. start and you stop. But I, I find that a lot of people who are hesitant about therapy and then they finally take the step to start, they don't quit. They continue right. because they feel like the anxiety about the unknown right. is killing them, you know. But once they know, they're like, yeah. I'm good. Uh, I love that. It, it's like so many things in life that were just curious about, but also afraid to do it, you know, and just taking that first step. And so those were some really great steps that people could take. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. I am curious a little bit about your own, you know, self-care wellness practice. Could you share Mm -hmm. some of the things that are really important for your life balance? Yeah. I mean, so for me, I want to start by saying self-care looks different for everyone. I do think that social media has kind of like tarnished self-care and what it's supposed to look like. And everybody assumes that it's supposed to be glamorous and pampering and things Uh like that, but that's not always, you know, what self-care looks like. So um, saying that for me, self-care is, you know, working on a passion project, scratching some things off my to-do list, because if I'm sitting down idle and I know I have something to do that I'm excited about, I am going to be super anxious about it until I get it done. And I won't be able to rest. So for me, self-care is scratching something off my to-do list, working on a passion project. Um, I like to watch Netflix and chill with my (laughs) husband and my baby. And yeah, and I'm a girl's girl like you. So when the world's open, I haven't been doing anything now, but I like to get social. Like I like to go to happy hours. I like to go out to eat Mm -hmm. and, you know, go to dinner, wine tasting, but just have some fun. But um, for me, balance is really, really important and I don't waver on it. So like I have very strict schedule. I take, you know, two to three, sometimes four hour lunch breaks in the middle of the day. I make sure I wake up so I can run or work out and get active. Um, I only see a certain number of clients a week and per month. And I don't care about the money. I just know that I won't be able to help you if I'm burnt out. So like I have very firm boundaries that I set with myself and other people around me. And I just make sure that I enforce them. And if people don't respect them, then they're gone. Mm, So good. Gosh, boundaries. Boundaries are so important. I used to be so guilty of this. I was the yes girl. (laughs) (laughs) I said yes to every social commitment. I said yes to everything. And then once I started really putting myself first and bringing my self-care practice forward, I realized it's like, sometimes I don't want to do things and it's okay to say no. And I had to teach myself how to say no and how to set boundaries. And it was hard. It was so hard. But to your point, like setting those boundaries and not like not wavering on my balance, like 
it has made such a difference in everything else that I'm able to do. I'm able to show up as a better person for the people around me. I'm able to be work better. Just, I feel better because you, yeah. don't have to say, you can't be a yes girl. Like you cannot no. be a yes girl. I used to yeah. be that girl. It's okay to say no. And people still love you. <laughs> yeah. Well, more, I guess a less, a less, um, a strong title would be called a people pleaser. A people pleaser. Guilty. Yeah. That was yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have that issue, especially women, because we are usually the strength in, in all of our relationships. Like we're the strong one in the family. We are the strong one with the kids, you know, or the spouse depends on you for everything. Your parents usually depend on daughters more than they do sons, you right. know? So, I mean, people pleasing is kind of like in us, but you can't, you definitely have to have a balance with it for yourself or else you'll burn yourself out. Yeah, for sure. Facts on that. <laughs> so another, we love sharing books. Um, whenever we have guests on the show, we'd love to know just like the most impactful book that they've read. Yeah. So um, I think a really impactful book that I've read a while ago, but it's one that I refer to all of my new clients and have them read is the untethered soul, the journey beyond yourself. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Untethered soul. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's, it's, it's life changing. It really is. And I have, I have all my clients read it. Um, and I think that it's really important to start a journey with yourself, you know, whether it's, you're adulting, whether you're in your thirties, whether you're in your twenties, whether you're, you know, an older woman in your fifties or sixties, the journey is never ending and it's constantly evolving. So I think that this book uh, helps people really kind of like take that deeper look into themselves and beyond and have some different perspectives about mindfulness. Mm, I love that. That is a great book. And yes, very, very life-changing. I think I need a reread on it. It was referred <laughs> to me years ago and yeah, very, very impactful. So the last thing, Kiki, I would love to know if you could close out this episode with a quote for us. So one of the quotes that I share with my clients all the time that I live by too is by Maya Angelou. And um, it says, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive. Yes. Yes. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm here for all the thriving. You know, this is going to be the last episode of 2020 for MOTW. And we hope that you are going into 2021 with this feeling that you're going to be thriving in 2021. So I'm going to sit on that and live on that. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I mean, this is the year to, you know, this is the year that we've been surviving, but hopefully we go into 2021 thriving. <laughs> yes. Yes. Received. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and so for anyone listening, can you Kiki, tell us uh, how can they find you on Instagram, your website? Can you share that info as well? Yeah. So follow me on Instagram for daily mental health tips um, at Kiki I McCray. So K-I-K-I-I-M-C-C-R-A-Y. And my website is KikiMcCray.com. Amazing. Kiki, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. So much wisdom was dropped. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me.